Welcome to the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club Show presented by Honey Stinger. This is a podcast that will make you want to get outdoors and will give you some great ideas as a sport parent, athlete, or coach. Born in the beautiful mountain town of Steamboat Springs, Colorado, the Winter Sports Club was founded over a century ago and now serves a majority of kids in our community and has produced more Winter Olympians than any other club in North America. There are secrets and great stories to share as we play year-round in these mountains we call home. Our calling is to develop complete athletes on and off the mountain by cultivating a passion for the outdoors and a love of sports at all levels. Stay tuned to hear from Olympians, athletes of all ages, coaches, experts, and people who are doing amazing things to make an impact in our community and in their sport. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Nicole DeBoom. I'm a former professional triathlete who finally discovered the joys of skiing in my late 40s when I moved to Steamboat Springs with my family. We immediately discovered the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club, and it's become a huge part of our lives as my husband, Tim DeBoom, is a ski and bike coach, and my daughter, Wilder, has found happiness, friendship, and joy through skiing, jumping, riding, and more. I am thrilled to bring the positive energy of the Winter Sports Club to people all over the world. Thanks for listening. Now let's get started. Are we ready to roll? I I hope we're ready to roll. I'm ready to roll. Should we just go with it? Screw the <laughs> sound check. Let's roll. We're doing it. Um, was that your voice I heard at the Winter Carnival? That was. Yeah. Wait, you did the Winter Carnival announcing too? Yeah, that was a blast. Do you do that every year? That was my first year. Oh my God. I was like, this announcer's really good. I feel like, like I know him or something. Like that's how good he is. And then now I've realized I did know you. (laughs) (laughs) You did. Yeah. Yeah. You kept it rolling. You didn't make it too long. The kids didn't freeze their butts off. And it was such a success again this year. I've been up there freezing my butt off. So I'm (laughs) going to make sure that didn't happen. And I was underdressed for it myself. I didn't have the fur coat, the famous fur coat. I know. I was wondering like, where did that go? (sighs) Yeah. Is it like hiding in a closet? Like they forgot to get it from the dry cleaners? Yeah, just as the new guy. So the new guy <laughs> doesn't get the fur coat. Well, you know, what's cool is that is probably the least competitive um, event that you're going to see from these athletes in Steamboat Springs. And we just hosted, which year was this for the Winter Carnival? 110th. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Gosh, it's so insane. Um, and it's funny because we are moving today into a conversation that is very timely about the parents' role as their kids hit heavy-duty competition season. So we're going to flip you to the other side of the spectrum here. And I'm so happy to have you on the show again. You're a repeat guest. You've been on one episode or two. Two episodes. The intro, oh, we kicked off a little bit. Yeah. yeah Dave and I. And, yeah. Then, uh, and then we talked about scholarship. Yeah. Yeah. And you know, that's the reason you're on a lot is because you have a big role at the club. You're the chief operating officer. So you kind of know it all. Um, but what we haven't dug into is a little more personal. What you know about being a parent of a competitive skier, competitive kid athlete. So um, thanks for joining me, by the way. 
Yeah, great to be here. <laughs> we could do this every week. Um, all right. Well, let's start out by laying some foundation for our listeners to understand a little bit more about your family dynamic. Let's talk about your kids and their athletic paths and where, where they are today. Yeah, I've got two kids. They both were alpine ski racers here at the club and did other sports as well. And and uh, my daughter now is a freshman in college and my son's a senior in high school. Um, and uh, they both have had great experiences in sports and they've had their challenges as well. Um, my daughter is completely still competing in ski racing, which I'm thrilled about, um, at the club level, uh, at university of Colorado. And my son is on a very competitive track, um, in Alpine ski racing, uh, and evaluating where it's going to go from here is senior year. It's a big year. Oh yeah. Huge year. And, um, I mean, this is when you make big decisions, right? Because if you're going to do it at the college level, then you're going one path. If you decide you're not doing it at the college level, then it becomes maybe a passion project or just, a uh, something you do for fun in your life. Yeah. A lot of kids at this level in Alpine ski racing in particular are faced with, do I do a postgraduate year where I just work on my training and focus on my sport for a year some two, some three. My brother did three years um, uh, on his path and in trying to make it uh, then then college or, or the national team and trying to make it would be get to the national team. See if you can get to the World Cup or Olympics. Uh, those are your dreams. And, you know, kid from Steamboat, that's a realistic goal. So um, tough decisions to make. Yeah, huge. And um, as parents, you know, we're evolving with our kids. When they're babies, we make all their decisions. Then they get older, we make less decisions, you know, and as they become adults, we really don't need to be making their decisions for them. And this is just such a hard line to figure out, right? So today we want to talk a little bit about how to be the best best parent you can be of um, an I guess, just competitive athlete of any age, really. But in your experience, Nicole is 19, Jeremy's 17. We're going to kind of use your perspective and maybe even dig back into some of your history. Sound good? Yeah, sounds great. Awesome. Okay. So one of the first things um, we were thinking about was to discuss the idea of what you really control as an athlete. And there's like two sides of to this spectrum, there's the performance and there's the results. And as parents, we often ask a lot of questions and focus a lot on what the result was, right? But, you know, maybe you can share a little bit more about this concept in general and, you know, whether that is the right approach or, and why it becomes the, um, kind of like what we fall back on. Yeah. You know, I think it's sometimes tough as parents. Um, you've got parents that are very familiar with the sports that their kids have been into that have, that were on a similar track themselves and maybe understand the intricacies of the sport, the technical knowledge, kind of what it takes to make it to that next level. And then you've got parents who, who their kids are doing a sport that they've never done and they have no familiarity whatsoever. Um, and I think in both cases, it's easy as a parent to just hone in on the results aspect. Um, and in some cases that's because that's the only thing we see as parents. 
We don't hear feedback from the coaches on how they're doing. We don't know what the day-to-day process is in their training. So all we see is when they show up at the race and they get their time or they get their score, um, we can see that and we tend to react to it. Um, when in fact, uh, uh, results and performance can sometimes be very different. Our kids' results are based on how they did, but also how everybody else did. Might be based on weather factors in, in skiing and snowboarding. Might be, uh, based on snow conditions, uh, wax, lots of different variables that, uh, that maybe weren't in our kids' control. So, what I try to help parents understand is there is, while performance and results are related, they're not the same. And if we get over-focused on results, it can uh, kind of sidetrack us from supporting our kids in the right way. Oh, yeah. I mean, I do think it's like human nature to be like, wow, good job. You did X, Y, or Z. Right. And so how else, how else can we, like what kind of language and support can we actually give them that doesn't drive home the fact that we think the results are super important? It's very simple stuff. Like for example, in, in Alpine ski racing, there's this thing, live timing. So the parents can look on their phone and they see what place their kid comes in right when they come through the finish. And it might seem natural to, to meet your kid right after the finish and say, great job. You were fifth place. And that's the first thing that, that you say, and that is going to drive your kid to a result orientation. Or when you ask them at the end of the day, you weren't there and you ask them, how'd you do? And they say, oh, I was sixth place. Well, for me as a parent, I'll say, well, no, how did you do today? I mean, how did you ski? How did you perform? And I'd ask probing questions because the sixth place didn't give me any information. Really, I want to talk about those other things in there. So what we talk about, not the result, but I will try to get deeper into what they did. And if I don't know the sport, um, you kind of, how did you feel out there? How did your competitors do? How did, you know, shift that focus from that default response that often you'll get from them is, oh, I got 10th or whatever that was. Well, it's so hard because, you know, sports uh, competing by nature is about performing to as high a level as you can. I mean, that's the end of the day. And we reward that with medals and ribbons and trophies and prizes, you know, and that kind of thing. So this is a really tricky line because our whole system is set up to reward people based on their result, right? It is. And it's very American, right? To be really focused on winning and losing. And there are real life lessons in sport, but I think you've got to consider where your kids at in the progression. How old are they in terms of how much that result really matters and is is important. For example, one of the things that there's, if you follow the sports world in the winter sports world, Norway is a country that's getting a lot of attention right now. And in Norway, uh, they're their results and performances have been stellar, outstanding. They've always done well in the Nordic sports, but 
they're excelling in many other sports, even in summer now, um, with soccer and, and track and field and, and athletes rising to a level. And, and one of the things that they do in Norway is they're really purposeful about not scoring or tracking results up until 12, 13, 14 years old in some cases. Um, that it's, it's, you can't even see the results. There are not awards given, um, at that so that you can't point to results so directly. Of course, the kids are keeping score. Of course, people are seeing who's faster, who's slower, who's stronger, um, who's weaker, but it's not as front and center. So their feeling is more kids stay engaged and then, you know, at, at a certain point, yes, those results do matter, but it's graduated over time in terms of their importance. Be- and the reason I think that's important is because the kids, they don't have the mental skills, um, yet to cope with and understand and know how to deal with those ramifications of results that we do as adults. So those develop over time too, so that importance and emphasis on results ought to do the same thing. Yes, I I love this. But we don't really employ that same philosophy, but I, I kind of wish we did. So even if our system doesn't, maybe we as parents can. Right. And and I think, you know, and I'm, I'm of two minds with this. I've hosted, for example, we've done the U14 championship event in Steamboat for many years. We make a big deal about the award ceremony. What I try to do, though, and my intent with it is I want it to be really fun. And so that and this is where the parents and coaches and everybody behind the scenes can hopefully drive the message that for the kids that aren't up there, they look at it like, wow, that looks really fun. I want to be up there. Not a deal where these are the best kids and let's put them on a pedestal and it's all about them. And so that it's a really tough, it is this <laughs> tough is... difference there. It's like, how do you, how do you perceive that? But, um, you know, for me, I think even with the young kids, you want them to look towards something that they want to aspire to. So, so if done in the right way, and if parents can have the right perspective behind it, I think we can manage in our system, but maybe it puts more onus on us as parents and coaches to message it correctly with the kids. Well, one of the words that keeps uh, cropping up in my brain through this whole conversation is pressure. Like these kids, when they're really young, may not may feel pressure, but may not really know what it is. But as they get older and older, I mean, that pressure just increases and the stakes just start to seem so high. And I feel like... Kids put enough pressure on themselves as they age that they don't really need more from us. Would you agree <laughs> that that sometimes the way we think we're helping them tends to add to that level of pressure rather than give them tools or, or help, you know, even it out? Right, right. I, I totally agree. I think because kids, um, if they care, if they truly are into what they're doing, they will put that pressure on themselves. There are some kids that perhaps don't put pressure on themselves. Those kids probably, maybe they're getting 
pushed to do it and they don't really have that passion for it. And that's another conversation um, that we've got to be careful as parents pushing our kids in a direction where they don't have passion. But um, let's assume that they do. And I mean, most do that we, that we see in the sport. So, so they'll put the pressure on themselves, but they don't necessarily have the coping skills yet to know how to, to deal and, and work with that pressure. And so the last thing I want to do as a parent is, is to add to that. And we can add to that by, by uh, changing how we respond to a good result versus a poor result, you know, at, at the end, really letting that affect our emotions um, and, and being visible with that. Whereas I, I think, you know, as parents, one of the things that we can do, especially at the young ages, is to be very much the same, whether they had a great result or a terrible result. Yes, consistency in our parenting. This is what we need. And we're all guilty of not being consistent. You know, there's this other topic that's very related in that we get anxiety watching our kids. So part of it is we don't want them to get hurt. So we're out there always trying to protect our kids from being hurt in their lives. So that, that can create a lot of problems. And part of it is just like wanting our kids to be happy and knowing that when they have great results, they're usually happier, but that doesn't necessarily have to be the case. So, you know, professional advice says to stay positive and upbeat, you know, no matter what the situation. And that just seems hard. It feels like sometimes you may be faking your emotions. So, I mean, how do you feel about that? Do you think there's a, this is a, an accurate description of, of how we may want to consider <laughs> looking at our own actions or do you have other suggestions? Well, I think controlling our own emotions is definitely a thing. And yes, and, it, and it's hard and, uh, um, and it's natural and it's okay as a parent to get really wrapped up in it and, and, and be emotional. If you recognize that you're going to get wrapped up in that as, as a parent, be mindful of that. Take yourself away from that spot where your kid's going to see you. If that might impact your kid in a, in a bad way. Some of the ways you can do that in our sports, be on the heel volunteering where your kid's not going to come find you until you're not going to see them until maybe an after an hour after their, their run or something. You've had a chance to calm down, whether you were super high and you want to get back to stable or you're super low and you, and you get yourself back up. Um, you in other sports, you might just stand more in the background, move away from other people. If, if it's just uh, difficult for you to manage that and it's okay if it's difficult to manage that. Um, you know, I think in time, if, if you, as soon as you recognize that and you kind of put yourself in a situation where I'm going to back myself off, I think that acknowledgement will help you eventually. It won't impact you as much because you'll, the first step is recognizing, right? I have a problem, <laughs> but it's natural. Um, and it's okay. But then you talked about, you know, our goal is to be positive. Well, it is, but it can't be fake positive because the kids can see right through that. It's, we're not going to be all rainbows and unicorns and everything's hunky dory after our kid had a poor result at an event that was very important to them. That's not going to work either. It's got to be real and genuine and at their level, but it's not going to be um, penal anyway. For example, um, I'll see parents out there that when the kid has a good race, 
boom, straight to the ice cream shop after the event. We're going to have a treat. We're going to go home. We're going to celebrate. We're going to call grandma and grandpa. Um, and that's after a good performance. And then after a poor performance, it's no, we're going straight home. Um, do your homework, clean your room. (laughs) They don't call grandma and grandpa and all that. Well, let's call grandma and grandpa after every event and let's go get ice cream after every event. It might be a sad ice cream. It might be a happy ice cream, but the ice cream's always there. If they, you know, did those things that you would want for them to do. And sometimes it just doesn't come out the way they'd hoped. Now, maybe they didn't tune their skis. Maybe they didn't eat a good breakfast. Maybe they didn't, um, do some of those things as a parent and you saw that we can respond to that. That's not responding to the result though. That's responding to something that was in their control. Um, so we can play some role in that. It's not just where this, we're always sweet. <laughs> yeah. And you know, I just literally had the opportunity to be a fly on the wall um, and watch in real life, a parenting interaction with a, a, basically adult child um, who had a not so positive result just now. And that was you and your son, Jeremy, because right before we started, you were like, Oh, I got to take this call. He's out of the country and he raced and I need to know what happened. So um, maybe you can talk a little bit about what your perception was. And then I want to share what I what I perceived. He's having a rough, rough trip right now. He's been competing hard. The stakes are high for him. He's trying to make a marker for the U S ski team. And so he's got pressure on him. Um, and he's at races that are important in that regard. And he just fell today. So the first thing is obviously he's disappointed, but the first thing is, is he okay? Um, and that was the number one thing to, to check in with him. Um, but then, uh, you know, put that aside, kind of what happened, ask him some questions, what happened. But I'm really evaluating at that point, what does he want to talk about? Because this is another thing for parents that in when things don't go well, the timing of when we interact and when our kids are ready to hear anything that we might have to say is once they've processed and they've taken some of the emotional part of that immediate response away if we come in too early with any feedback or any brilliant ideas we have as parents um, while they're in that time and they haven't had a chance to process themselves, they're not going to hear a thing we say. Um, and the last thing I want then as a parent is to get mad at my child because they didn't hear what I said because what I said was brilliant. Well, it was my <laughs> fault because I interjected at a time they weren't ready to hear. So with my son, as I'm listening, as soon as he answers the phone, I'm kind of, okay, does he want to talk right now or not? And it was great because he, he wanted to talk a little bit then. So that was, that was wonderful. And we could have a little, little conversation. Um, but I asked him how his teammates did as well and kind of what the plan was ahead. Cause that's, that's where, you know, hopefully he's shifting his focus to, to moving on. You're such an awesome parent. Um, wow, cool. Maybe you could like field all of our phone calls in the future. We're like, hold on. Let's get oh, John on the back line. <laughs> We've got like, you know, the little spy bug in our ear and you're telling us what to say. Here's what I perceived. You, you took the call and I could kind of hear him talking on the other side and I could tell he wanted to share some things. So you just listened. That was one thing. Right off the bat, you didn't bombard him with questions. You listened. 
You said, how'd it go? And then you extended sympathy. You were like, oh, shoot, I'm sorry about that. You know, but you didn't say that sucks for you or, you know, whatever blew your chance. You know, of course you wouldn't say that, but you would just said, I'm sorry for you. That's, that stinks. Um, and then you kind of ended on a positive note, as you just said, and what you turned it into like a daily actionable thing. You just said, so what's the plan for the day? And it was like, okay, that happened. It's done. Life didn't end and you're moving on. And I think that was really cool for me to hear because I just know that in my future, I'll be having conversations like that. And I, I need mm-hmm. to come back to this. Like now it's, I wish I had recorded it actually. <laughs> been really great. But I felt like you towed the line between being this neutral third party and the parent who loves their son so much. Well, and it's hard because I'm a level 500 ski coach as well too. So to have that person, like, uh, there, there is all kinds of desire to jump in and to intervene and to interject some great nuggets. Um, but, uh, it, listening is, is first and evaluating, are they ready to hear anything? The good thing for him is after a difficult result, he had, um, he could hang up the phone. And of course I had this meeting, so <laughs> we, we didn't extend it any, any longer. But, um, one of the things that I, that stands out in terms of those interaction with, with your kids. And I think that can either set you up as a parent to have a great relationship and have great conversations with your kids or that you'll never be able to have them is that car ride home after a difficult event. And, uh, um, that's a time where you've, as a parent, I think have to put aside, we, we all want to break it down. We all want to have that conversation about what we just saw. It's right there. It's raw. It's, it's emotional and, and it's, it's overwhelming our thoughts. And, and, um, after poor performance, it's rare that the kid, that our kids really want to talk about it. Some might, but that car ride home. And there's a, a famous event for Alpine ski racers here down in Crespi. It's five hour drive from steamboat. It was the first qualifier for U 14. So the first age where they have to qualify for something. And for decades, our kids have gone down there and for decades, there are some kids that don't get the result they want. And they've got the five hour car ride home. It's always snowing a terrible drive. So probably more than that. And, um, Um, this is make or break it time. I think as, as a parent, if we dive in and we try to break it down and we try to interject, you could have done this or that, or you could do this or that, um, and really make it all about what just happened. Um, the kid is going to, they're going to kind of shrink away. They might want to open the car door and just roll right out. <laughs> get me out of this. Like I'm trapped. Get me out of here. But as a parent, it can be really d- tough and the silence can be, um, can be deafening. Uh, you know, my suggestion in those cases, try to have a conversation like about, okay, let's look ahead. What are we going back to? What's fun coming up? Shift the subject from the sport to something else. Grab your ice cream. Grab your ice cream. Make sure you do that. And they're always <laughs> going to be up for having the ice cream. And that is very important. Um, and if they want to talk about something else, great. If they don't, let them put the headphones on and just sh- 
shrink in the phone and process it. And it might feel terrible because you know, there's back there sad. And that's what I think is the hardest for the parent. You can feel them back there dealing with their pain. That's real. And you just want to help. But that's a time that you probably can't, or at least you probably have better chance of making it worse than better. Um, uh, you can, like I said, try talking about some other things. The next day, maybe two days later at the dinner table, maybe you can bring up a, a thing back when they've had time to process um, and, and you can have that conversation. But that one's a really, really tough one. Um, it, if your kid wants to break it down with you, that's really fun as a parent. Um, but it has to be the kid that wants to go there, not you as the parent. Whoa. Okay. Let's take a break let's break it down let's take a little break before we uh we move on and uh give our sponsor a little love today i'm seeing some honey stinger on the table here that looks looks pretty good we've got quite a few products so if you're not familiar with honey stinger first thing you need to know is that if you go over to their website and use the code sswsc podcast you'll get 20% off today on the table you're going to envision this in your mind's eye we've got 3 of their many awesome products we've got the honey stinger energy chews which are fantastic for using pretty much in my opinion in their prepare perform and recover phases although they say it's more towards the beginning but i eat them all times of day because they're just delicious. We've also got the three staple flavors of their honey stinger waffles, which mm -hmm. are kind of a standby. Um, and we're sitting here actually salivating a little over their chocolate, vanilla, and um, honey flavors, which I just call gold. They're just gold. They're like gold. But really, the marquee product today is brand new. It just launched. It is the Oat and Honey Bar absolutely delicious. They suggest that you eat this before workouts. Peanuts, oats, and honey filling are covered in caramel and rolled in toasted oats and quinoa crisps. Yes, I may have read that off the back of the wrapper, but man, it's just making me want it. Um, I ate one of these for breakfast. Have you tried these yet, John? Uh, I did get a little sample, but I think I'm going to go for uh, one again because I haven't seen them in stores yet. So I'm opening mine right now. And this is what it sounds like and, when you uh, open Part of the reason honey I went stinger. for this too is because those other flavors, I just couldn't make up my mind between the others. I love the waffles and I love the chews, but these are really good as well. Yeah. And now we'll just have like some dead air while we eat. Uh, yes, live action, eating on the podcast. John is diving in to the brand new Oat and Honey Bar by Honey Stinger. They That's are perfect. absolutely amazing. Um, head over to HoneyStinger.com. Support our sponsors. When you support our sponsors, you support us. All right. You ready to go back to the show? I'm back. I'm feeling and ready. Right. I love it. Okay, so... We are going to have to employ as parents what we call self-constraint. Would that be it? We Sometimes. Hold, we got to hold ourselves back. Sometimes, yes. And um, that is one of the hardest things. I've already experienced it. I've already done the, I'm in quotes, wrong thing too many times by like trying to get my kid, because this is my personality. I want to like 
recap the thing and then, you know, put the lid on it, be done and move on. But if she's not ready to recap the thing and I keep asking her questions and she's not answering me or trying to, you know, talk to someone else or watch a show or something like it's not the right time. So I totally relate to what you're trying to say here or what you're telling us is, is important to do. Right. And in your intent, you're, I mean, we're not doing it because we think we're a coach. We're, we're doing it because we're trying to, we know how they're feeling and we, we want to help them out so badly. Um, but sometimes our just our natural inclination is counterproductive. Well, and there's a, there's kind of a, a theme of leave the coaching to the coaches too, because part of this is us like inserting our own opinions when we're not part of their performance process, you know, and the training process. Like you said at the beginning of this conversation, we're often coming in only to check out the results. Well, but we are part of their performance process. We just need to know our place in that. And I talk about a parent athlete coach triangle. And whenever I do a parent athlete coach triangle and it, it's identifying, you know, lanes of communication, lanes of support, um, for our athlete, the athlete's always at the top and you've got coach and parent at the bottom of the triangle, but we're supporting spread out from each other down there at the base of that triangle. And, um, you know, I think it's important that we stay in our lane. The coaches are connected to their performance, the technical, the tactical, um, really those things they've done on the field of play to get ready. But as parents, we're observing what did they do in the morning? Did they get enough sleep overnight? Did they get their homework done so they weren't stressed about school that they brought that stress with them to the competition? Um, you know, those, those behind the scenes things. We do play an important role as parents. And then we hear from our kids that night at the dinner table, that next day, not at the car ride home, but the next day, you know, we're hearing how they're processing and how they say if we're good listeners. And sometimes we might use that to communicate to the coach and say, hey, you know, we heard that, um, you know, this, this happened and, or, or our son or daughter's feeling this way. And, you know, if you gave them a little nudge in this direction, that could really help them. And if it came from the coach, that is going to elevate them. If it came from us as parents, sometimes not to that same degree. So it's a triangle and that we have these, this three way communication, we can do that. So we as parents absolutely play a big part in that performance um, aspect for a child. But if we try to do the same job as the coach, then it can be trouble. And a great example is after that bad performance or that uh, they didn't ski as well as they wanted to or snowboard or whatever. It's the coach's job to help them break that down the next day. And the coach can be a little more critical in that time because that's who they want to listen to, to get better. If we as parents try to do that same thing, then it's both coach and parent maybe coming in with some criticism. And you and I both know as adults, kids, it doesn't matter when we're getting criticized for on multiple fronts, we tend to kind of block it off. But if we can get support at home from parents while we're getting criticism from coaches at the right time, that could be the magic formula for the kid to grow. Yes. And here's the other trick. Nothing ever stays the same. What the kids need constantly changes because they constantly change. Oh my gosh. Um, so it's just a, 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 a moving target, right? 
It is, <laughs> which makes it hard because we all in our heads, I think we kind of forget. We kind of think, oh, it ought to be a straight line, you know, towards towards the performance and improvement and all that. And as you and I both know, it is a very bumpy road um, along that way. So it's constantly changing and it's difficult. Yes. Oh, my gosh. All right. So what would you do right and what would you do wrong with your parenting along the way here? Well, I had, I think I had some great sport parents myself. And, and so that kind of motivated me to, to really look at, okay, what is the parent's role here? Cause I was looking at this before I became a parent, um, and in the interactions that I had and, and my parents, I felt gave me a lot of autonomy. I owned my participation in the sports. They pushed but really they pushed in those things behind the scenes. Um, they, they pushed me with, with my dry land. I knew that, um, uh, my, my train physical training behind the scenes, I knew my dad was going to check in on that every day. So that helped that motivated me to, to do it. And that was helpful. They never put pressure on results. Um, and, uh, and they, they supported my passion. When they saw that it was a passion, they gave me that support. So I've tried to carry that in um, and make sure that that my kids owned their participation, that they checking in, that they were loving what they were doing and they wanted to continue with that um, and then providing the opportunities for them. And I think that's providing the opportunities and making sure that the environments were are healthy and good for them outside of that there's there's not much more to do other than support them in their pursuit um uh emotionally and and giving them that positive reinforcement and helping them with perspective which is tough and and my wife and i can do that because we're both very involved in in ski racing so for that sport we could absolutely help in perspective my son also picked up golf in high school and competitive golf and he did quite well. And that was super fun for us because neither of us know the competitive track in golf whatsoever. Um, so it, we were able to come at it from a different perspective of just not knowing and just kind of rolling with it. And it was really fun because we could see more clearly his passion for it because it was something we weren't as familiar with in ski racing. We're both so into it that we, tend to gloss over some things, our perspectives different. So it was really neat that golf created a cool opportunity. Oh, I love that too, because, you know, there is this thing where parents encourage their kids to do the sports they did, um, partly because they know those sports and they think that'll be a fun thing they can all do together, but then they know too much. Right. And it's really refreshing to have your kids do a sport you know nothing about. Like I know nothing about ski jumping before I moved here. I still know the very minimal amount just from interviewing the most amazing coaches and, and watching practices and stuff. But, um, if my kid had become a hardcore swimmer, I might actually be burned out because that's all I did my whole life, you know? Um, so it, I think that point of like, you know, really in embracing anything they choose to do is really cool and giving them the room. And so that was, you know, of course we made skiing 
attractive. We knew enough to only when they were first learning how only go out on the nice days, um, you know, keep it, have lots of gummy bears and the gummy bears stayed in our pockets till they were 11, 12 years old. And, and that was fine. And, and, uh, you know, we knew how to do that, but the door was open for them to do other things as well. So parent does play a role in guiding their kids into the sport and you're going to guide them into the sports that you're familiar with and interested, but you've got to keep that door open for others too, and not make them feel like they're obligated to do any of those and that it really is their pursuit. So I'm thankful for my parents that I didn't feel any of my pursuits were their pursuits. Well, and I think it's important for people listening too, because we often do imitate what our parents were like. They are our parent role models, the ones we know the best. You had wonderful role models. Some people did not. So hopefully they're listening and learning some ways that they might be able to pivot if they're employing behaviors that aren't quite as healthy right now for their kids, you know, sports careers, sports trajectories. What what would you say is the one or two biggest pieces of advice you have for parents who have kids entering these competitive phases? Um, the number one is unconditional love and support. Our, our love and support of them is never tied to their results. Um, that's, that's first and foremost. Um, and as I've mentioned a few times before, you can step in in places where you see that uh that are tied to their sport where they're where they're falling short if it's staying up late not uh having making good nutritional choices some of those things that you see behind the scenes that um as a parent it's fine to interject um on those things um but uh you know it's when it comes to going out on the playing field and the kids putting themselves out there knowing how amazing that is for them to step out there and take that risk. If they're risking any bit of love back from us when they go out and do that, that's a terrible spot to put them in. I'll see some kids that who the parents aren't meeting this, this goal and the kids do very well, but it's out of, it's out of fear as opposed to fear for losing fear for I'm not going to get this my parents are going to be so disappointed in me when I don't do well. And that's such an overwhelming factor that can be a motivating factor. And that can actually get kids pretty far in some cases. But when it does, when the improvement stops or something happens that can blow up pretty terribly. So, um, it's, it's not the best way to go. Um, and then I guess the, the second thing to it is, um, once you've invested and, and if the kids truly have a passion, it's worth it to do, um, you know, to try to do everything you can for them in support of, of their, um, their pursuit. And, uh, there are going to be bumps in the road where you question that. But I, I think that the pursuit of something, you know, especially for our kids, if they're pursuing something that they love from their younger elementary school years, and they carry that through high school, maybe even college and beyond, and they've had that chance to pursue that. When else do you get a chance to, 
to have a pursuit like that, all the lessons that you learn along the way, you know, as a parent, do everything you can to support that. If it's positive in making, and you do have a role as a parent, if it's the environment's not a good environment for your kid, either go address that with your coaches or the club or whoever you're involved with. And then if a change needs to be made, don't be afraid to make that change. And you know what? There are parents listening who may have one competitive ski racer and one kid who can knock some awesome art out of the park. And in either case, I love this concept that once you realize the passion is real, which it's very hard to know when they're like seven, eight, nine years old. Right, right. Because it changes every it week or changes. every month, right? But, you know, as they're getting into their puberty years and they're like starting to really understand who they are and what drives them, then just go for it. I love that. That is so cool. Because you're right. We don't have many times in our lives where we get to have the full support and be singularly focused on something that's very special to us. I love that. Yeah, there's always balance behind that, but but boy, go in a balanced way, go after it 100%. What a great opportunity. Yes. All right. Well, we, we knocked it out today. I think uh, I got a lot out of this. I'm sure everybody else did too. We'd love to hear what you think. So uh, when you listen, A, be sure to share this podcast. We want to get the word out. This is not just about Steamboat. This podcast, every episode transcends our amazing little community. So share it with anybody out there who you think may need some help in their lives on all these awesome topics. Um, before we go, I do like to ask every guest, even if they are number one repeat guest, uh, what the greatest lesson you've learned through sport is? I think last time I talked about persistence in that. And, and I think that there's, there's another level that ties back to that, but you know, sport is sports, not always fair and just there's, there are, um, you know, it, just because something ought to fall in place for you based on the work you've put in, it doesn't always happen that way. Um, and if you're passionate, if you're persistent and you have those things, you'll work through those, but the ability to deal with that life's not always fair in sport, it's right there in your face. Um, a lot of the times, and it's a great lesson to learn because if you learn that in sport or something that you're pursuing that you're passionate about, um, when life's unfair in an area that is outside of that passion, at least you know it and it makes it easier to deal with it and it's not going to bring you down and, and, uh, uh, you know, really, really set you back. So those lessons learned are, 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 I think really good. Sometimes even more powerful than when it goes really easy for you. <laughs> <laughs> and that's, you know, tying back to what we talked about, that struggle. And this is one of the hardest things. Let your kids deal with the struggle and more so than deal with it. Can they embrace the struggle? Because if they can, then they're going to be when your influence is decreased as they're moving on in their life or their sport career or wherever they go. If they embrace the struggle, they're in good shape. If we try to take care of their struggle when they're younger, then they don't, we didn't give them that gift um, that is important later on. All right. You heard it, everybody. 
Let's go out there and embrace it all. All right, John, thanks so much for being on the show today. Always fun talking to you, Nicole. Thanks for all you do. Thank you for listening to the Steamboat Springs Winter Sports Club Show presented by Honey Stinger. Check out the club's winter and summer programs at sswsc.org. If you have a special topic or guest you want featured, we'd love to hear from you. Now get out there and support, lead, or be a champion on or off the mountain.